Welcome to Checking Out the Competition, Toronto Maple Leafs, part three. And we are joined again by Adam Selvig, who is my favorite person because he always comes through with the Leafs questions. Adams, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm tired, but uh, lots of changes in Leafs land, so it's been an exciting time. Yeah, so we might as well just dive right into it. Um, it's been a few weeks since the Flyers played the Leafs, and there's been, you know, kind of some stuff going on there <laughs> in Toronto. Um, kind of like to lead off, was there any indication among the fan base? I, I mean, I think that there was kind of some wondering just how good a coach Mike Babcock was, given the performance of the Leafs under him. But did you guys have any indication that he was actually just a terrible person? Uh, no, we didn't have any indication of that at all. Um, yeah, like, Johan, Johan Franzen called him the worst person he's ever met. Like, that's that's a lot. Yeah, it, it's true, but it, it's hard to know these things are happening. I, well, before yeah. Mike Babcock got fired, because no one really talked about a lot of this stuff publicly. But, you know, we, we knew there was, you know, players didn't like to play for him after a while. We've heard that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we never, I guess we never really knew why. And here we go. And. Maybe this explains why Babcock had to fly down to Arizona every summer to talk to Austin Matthews about stuff. And so, yeah, there, there was no indication about how bad things were mm-hmm. or, you know, exactly what happened. But um, the way the players are talking now, it, it feels like everyone has this huge weight off their shoulders. So, yeah, it kind of like we started to see this last year with the Flyers under. Um... Dave Haxtell, who I'm going to ask you about in a minute, but you just kind of like we, I don't know if you, I'm sure you did, heard the story about how uh, Mitch Marner would draw smiley faces on his gloves because he needed Mm -hmm. to remind himself that hockey was fun, which is just like the saddest thing, because if you think about it, he's still a kid, and it's just like, Christ, this poor kid just wants to have fun playing hockey, and he's got to draw a smiley face on his freaking gloves to remind himself of that, but like, I, I guess once you start to see guys who are playing a game that they love for a living, once you see them start, I think, to actively hate doing that, you have to kind of wonder what the hell is going on in the front office. But, um, yeah, to get to Dave Haxall a little bit, are you surprised that the whole coaching staff didn't go? Or or do you think that they're going to go? Or do you think that the assistants are going to stick around for a while? I, I don't think... I, I wasn't surprised that they didn't go because they had just you know, made that first move of mm-hmm. replacing the assistant coaches over the summer. So I didn't think they'd, they'd move so quickly as to wipe out the whole staff. Um, you know, a head coach usually has a say in his assistance. So I think if things continue to improve, we'll probably keep them this year, reevaluate things in the summer, see if Keith wants to bring in some of his own guys. But because McFarlane and Haxtell, I can't imagine, you know, are cheap guys to fire mid-season, right? They're already right, paying yeah. out Mike Babcock for another, like, four years, like $10, 15000000 million to him. So I don't think there's going to be an, uh, a rush to, you know, push more people off the cliff. Um, and then uh, perhaps we'll, we'll just see, you know, uh, how McFarland and Haxtell perform without Babcock there. You know, maybe... Mm-hmm. They get to be a bit more free in their planning, like the players are a bit more free in their playing. Um, so I think we'll, they'll stick around for at least the season. I, I I would assume. How? Um. What are your initial thoughts on Keith so far? Um, coaching wise, I don't. Uh, you know, I 
Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I really thought about that. Um, you know, I think there's still some stuff to work on, especially defensively for the team. That's mm-hmm. still a bit of a big flaw for them, but uh, the forwards seem to be enjoying themselves more, which, you know, is going to lead to better hockey. Uh, I think the team's been performing better, um, it, but it could be that, you know, just fired the coach bump you get. Yeah. Uh, yeah, suddenly happen. life isn't miserable anymore, so you play better hockey. <laughs> yeah, so, like, you know, the, there's been some changes on special teams. Some lines have been moved around. Um, I think I need a bit more longer than yeah the five or six games we've had to really think about it. Personally, I know I'm enjoying watching the games again. Um, you know, up till, (laughs) yeah, up till this point, it's been literally, you know, I'm just, I'm I'm watching the game because I have to write a recap for it. It's an obligation, you know? Yeah. And last Saturday, it wasn't an obligation, you know? I was writing the recap, but I was enjoying it as it was happening, even though it wasn't the best game ever. Um, but, you know, it was still, I enjoyed it. You know, I had fun watching it. Yeah, it's great, right? Yeah, whether that's my own, you know? new coach bump as a fan. <laughs> um, but, you know, it was something new. I got excited again. It was like the season started over again. So hopefully that continues and we can we can get through uh, the rest of this calendar year, you know, get past the rest of our back-to-backs because mm-hmm. uh, we're having another one this week. And, um, you know, and just, just, just keep it going. And uh, hopefully Keith coaches more like he did with the Marlies where it was a bit more of a, a bit more of a free-flowing game rather than super tight systems. So I'm glad you brought up the defense because one of the guys that I wanted to talk about a little bit who seems to have really come on under Keefe so far is uh, Tyson Berry. He seems to have been playing very well. What has been happening with him that you think has made his game get a bit better? I think he's getting to play more like he played in Colorado mm-hmm. where he's allowed to rush down. You know, he's, he's at the net more. You know, um, he's not held above the hash marks like you would a defensive defenseman because uh, he's definitely not that he's he's definitely an offensive minded player. So if he gets in there playing more like a forward in the offensive zone, that's going to bring out more of his skill. And that's you know more of what everyone wanted from him, what they saw in Colorado. So, I yeah, think he reminds me a lot of Shane Goss's bear in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like he's a lot more effective in in and using his tools now than just, you know, holding back, staying high, uh, taking point shots if you're going to take a shot kind of thing. Yeah. So I think, I think Tyson Berry is really going to flourish offensively. Um, defensively, is, I, I still haven't seen what everyone's talking about him becoming a high-paying defenseman this summer. Mm-hmm. So, you know, hopefully that part can get tweaked as we go along. Um, and, you know prepare ourselves for Boston in the spring. So I, I did notice that Barry has been getting some time on power play one. How's that working for you? Do you like that? Or do you think that's something that they're going to shake up a bit? Or do you think that'll stick for a while? You know, putting him on, on power play one is, is the bit of a shakeup, you know, Morgan Riley in today's practices was moved off of power play one, mm-hmm. which a lot of people didn't think was going to happen. Um, Morgan, uh, Mitch Marner replaced him on, on that practice. Um, practice lines today so which was interesting and it definitely gives that power play a more you know 100 percent pure offense-minded you know attack which is good um 
so I, I would don't mind things being changed up. You know, the power play was really underperforming so far this year. So if we put Barry there uh, next to Marner and they both play those points, I think that that could really create something interesting. Another thing that is new since the last time our teams played each other is um, the backup goaltender, Michael Hutchinson, um, who does not seem to be performing terribly well in his limited time with the Leafs so far. Um, how long do you think this experiment is going to last? I think it's going to last till he can find a goalie who's... Yeah, <laughs> I guess they need somebody else, right? Yeah. I mean, they're right up against the cap. You know, there's a lot... There's a few good options out there, but they, they're they just too expensive. I mean, Hutchinson's a, a... I think it's actually... Since his contract was signed two years ago or last year, He's mm-hmm. below this year's league minimum. And, you know, it's, it's going to be hard to find someone who can fit in there that performs better. Um, you know, Cat uh, Yatter uh, at our website wrote a list of, you know, five goalies who the Leafs should look into getting. You know, Eric Comer is one of them. He's already moved out um, to Detroit. So he's off the list. And everyone else was just a bit too expensive. So we'd have to move someone out. But who do you want to move out of this team? Like everyone who's cheap is young and, you know, waiver exempt and you don't want to lose them for, you know, a a backup goal. He's only going to play another 15 games this season. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, they're in such a hard position where maybe you just, you know, if Hutch doesn't perform on the next few games he plays, send it back down to the Marlies and call up someone else. You know, maybe Justin, Wall is ready to go after his quarter season, you know, in the Marlies. Mm-hmm. At this point, it's just kind of throwing everything, throwing everyone in there you can until you find someone who sticks. I mean, yeah, the least have, sorry, sorry. Like the least have Ian Scott as a as a goalie prospect who has mm-hmm. you know, played for Canada as the World Juniors, who's been missing all season. He hasn't played for the Marlies. He hasn't been assigned back to junior. Maybe they're going to bring him out as a, as a surprise guest backup one night. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that Hutchinson might improve a bit with now that the team is playing better um, than they have been previously in front of him? Do you think that he could maybe find a more steady game with this improved performance in front of him? Or do you think he's just not very good? Uh, I think this year he's just not very good. I mean, yeah. we had him playing behind the new Leafs, the new Keefe Leafs in Buffalo, and that didn't go great. I mean, he got game one of a back-to-back, so that was a bit of a, a bit of a change up there, but, you know, the performance was still the same. I think until the, the team figures out its defensive problems, Hutchison's mm-hmm. going to struggle. Um, he's not a goalie you can rely on to just, you know, have the net and right. play offense. You know, he's a goalie who, who would perform better with more defensive-minded defensemen, which the Leafs only have one, you know, out of the six that play a game. Mm-hmm. Um, he's And that's Jake Muzzin. He hasn't been having a great time lately either. So I, I just don't, I don't think Hutch has it this year. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe as they go on in the new style of practices that they're running, because they're running more skills-based practices rather okay. than drills-based. So maybe that will help him. Uh, regain some confidence or regain his form, but 
I, I just got to go with he's not very good option right now. Mm-hmm. And I, I always feel like the backup goalie is important for the Leafs because Freddie Anderson, while he's a good goaltender, I always feel like if he gets... I always worry, as somebody who likes watching the Leafs myself, um, and once the Flyers are out of it, they're typically who I root for in the playoffs, but I I always feel that Anderson is the kind of guy that if he... If the load isn't managed properly for him, if he gets too many games... Um, he kind of like flames out in the playoffs. And so I wonder if they're at all concerned that they need to really balance him with a backup goaltender, um, especially since like, you know, they're probably going to get stupid Boston in the playoffs again. So it's going to be another rough series. So I know that's a long way out to think of, but I, I just wonder if they're going to continue to rotate these guys in until they find somebody that works because they really don't want to throw too much onto Anderson through the season. Uh, I really hope that's the plan as well, to find someone who can take him yeah. off his plate. You know, I, I would prefer if he played less than <clears> – <throat> sorry, if he if he started less than 60 games. Mm-hmm. I'd prefer that, especially if he had more time off in March or that last week, that first week of April. If he had more time off then to prepare for the playoffs, you know, Leafs can find someone at the trade deadline just ahead of it, make a move, bring in someone who's – Maybe a bit more experienced, a bit more solid. Can we get Ryan Miller to waive his no trade clause to come over from Anaheim? You know, someone a bit more solid. You know, mm-hmm. who who has that experience to carry a team. Um, you know, hopefully that's that's the one big move they make this year. And it, the backup goalie shouldn't be a big move, but right, you know, yeah, that's what the Leafs need, especially if the risk of Anderson getting hurt. Right now, the Leafs are screwed. I mean, yeah. you know, Anderson has been the team MVP every year he's been in Toronto. Without him, they're they're toast. So I think it's a bit more urgent um, for future planning or emergency planning to get a better backup than you would normally think of a backup goalie. So, yeah, that's the one big improvement I, I they need to make, and I hope they make. Mm-hmm. Um, and giving Anderson more rest. So I did notice, um, sticking with your defense a little bit, Cody Cece's ice time doesn't seem to have dropped very much. And it was kind of always like, I always think of him as like the Leafs' Andrew McDonald. Like he's kind of, it's like a consensus among hockey fans and a lot of you know hockey professionals generally that he's just not very good hockey (laughs) like he's just not a great player but for some reason it seems like sort of like Andrew McDonald hockey coaches give him a ton of minutes um so it's like they're seeing something that we're all not seeing is he playing well for you guys am I missing something or is is this just one of those things where hockey men see a guy like Cody Cece and they just think steady good reliable defenseman uh well as Kyle Dubas would say, I don't know why we're having this discussion about Cody Cece all the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I no, guess he's not, Kyle Dubas paid him good. a whole bunch of money, so apparently yeah. the nerves, he's good too, right? <laughs> uh, he's not very good. I don't know what they're doing unless this is some kind of forced training for Morgan Riley to for him to learn to be a better def- def- <laughs> defensive defenseman. This is like, all right, you got Cody Cece, so now you got to cover for him as best you can. It's not working. <coughs> um, so I, I don't know what is going on with him. 
we all hoped once Babcock was gone, his ice time would go down. Maybe the call is coming from above to play him more. Yeah. Because if, if, if the decision is to showcase him with all this ice time for a trade, then uh, the best we're going to get is future considerations here. Yeah. You know? um, I th- that's kind of a thing that we always kind of talk ourselves into. Well, if they're, we're doing it right now with Robert Hague. Well, if they're playing Robert Hague, they must be shopping him for a trade because he's terrible. So why else would they be playing him? It's just like, yeah. they might just think he's good. Yeah, <laughs> uh, everyone's got blind spots, I guess. Yeah, it always seems to be for defensemen. Defensemen, I think, is where the hockey guys lose their minds a little bit. Yeah, they forget what's good. Well, I see Cody CC out there. I'm like, okay, well, he's gone after this year. Yeah, right. <laughs> don't have you know a five year deal left for Nikita Zaitsev, who looking at compared to Cody CC. Oh, not so bad, right? Him. <laughs> yeah, right. Grass is not always greener. Um, okay, so let's turn a little bit to this upcoming game. Um, you guys are coming off of a back-to-back in Buffalo. Um, dropped the first game, won the second game. Um, it's clear that the offense has picked up for the Leafs since Babcock's been fired, but it's not... Just kind of looking at final scores, not as explosive as you would expect, apart from this game against Detroit, where you put up six, but it's Detroit, so, you know, can't really. Um, what is the thing that you th- think uh, the Flyers need to watch for? What's the thing that's clicking the most for the Leafs right now? Um, I think it's just those those top two lines are just really working well together. Um mm-hmm. I didn't see their five, five on five practice lines today, but um, you know John Tavares is playing better. William Nylander is playing better. Um, Austin Matthews and, and Kapanen and Janssen and they're all, you know, coming in harder and, and and playing with more passion than we've seen. So I think the just the key to the fires is try to neutralize them as much as possible and let the, you know, the bunch of Marlies. <laughs> that are on the bottom <laughs> have more ice time, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so I, I think it's just uh, containing their enthusiasm is key. Okay. Maybe throwing them off their game a bit to start, you know, getting a little, getting a little rougher, get under their skin a bit more, to kind of get them out of that, you know, go 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 mentality and, and having them be a bit more skittish in the corners, kind of thing. Okay. And if I'm understanding correctly, I'm assuming that their defense right now is kind of the weak spot. What would you say is the weakest part of that defense that the Flyers can exploit? Uh, there just seems to be a lot of lapses in the defensive zone. Um, mm-hmm. If you can, uh, it's not that they're slow. It's just that sometimes they're just a step behind. So if you can get around them, uh, if you can, you know, fake a shot here and get a good pass and make always try to have someone open just away just around the net i think there's an opportunity there uh to get some you know get some garbage goals in there at that point um you know just keep moving i think is key with these guys Mm -hmm. on defense you know they 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 seem to be defending better when the opponent's a bit more static Okay. Like setting up plays and, and finding their spots. So if you keep moving, I think you might be able to get around the defense that way. Okay. And the final thing I'll ask you, as always, is for a prediction on how you think this game's going to end. 
Hopefully not overtime. Because <laughs> two is yeah. enough of those, I think. <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. Uh, if, if it's a shootout, it'll be nice and short. Oh, boy. Uh, I don't, I don't know if the Flyers can handle like a joyful and happy Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner yeah. on three on three overtime. I'm, I'm not sure that's what they need right now. <laughs> well, luckily Marner shouldn't be playing tomorrow. So, oh really? A bit of a repeat. I think, I think I've heard he won't come back until the home game against Colorado at the earliest. Oh, I was kind but of hoping he might be. Back. He's been traveling with the team, right, as their yeah. emotional support uh, winger. So. Uh, <laughs> Um, but, uh, I, Anderson, Anderson's got this game, the first one of the back-to-back. I think the Leafs will pull out a win, but it'll be nice and close. Uh, three to two with all the goals scored in the last 10 minutes of the game. Oh, good Lord. That sounds stressful. (laughs) I'm going to say, let's see. What am I feeling right now? I feel like the Flyers are kind of due for a loss. And against the Leafs that are clicking, feels like a loss that I could kind of accept, especially if it's a close game. So I might agree with you. I might say 3-2 Leafs, but not in that kind of stressful way. <laughs> I'm going to say like an even up and down. Yeah, Leafs score one, we score one, Leafs score one, we score one. That kind of, I'm going to go with that. So it's exciting up till the end, but ends poorly for the Flyers because I think they're due for a loss. And if they lose to the Leafs, I think that I can accept it because the Leafs are an exceptionally talented team. All right. How about that? We agree. That's fun. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. All right, Adam. Thank you again. I really appreciate this. This was a lot of fun. Anytime. Adam, yeah. Adam is, of course, a member of Pension Plan Puppets, which is the Maple Leafs blog on the SB Nation Network. They do a lot of great work over there. So if you want to learn a little bit about the Leafs, head over there and check it out. And we have got the Leafs at the Farg, 7 p.m. Hopefully everyone enjoys the game. Adam, thank you again. Let's go Flyers. Ah, uh, let's go Leafs. <laughs> <laughs>